So if we just start with just with the wealth, part of what we talked about when we went through the Clarity Compass was, and me choosing wealth as one of them, was that wealth for me is freedom. And it's freedom to make choices for what is important to, I guess what's important to me, but a lot of when I'm, when I'm thinking about these things, I think of it in context of what's important to us and our family. This is Financial Sobriety. We're a couple of financial guys that decided to sit down and share a little bit about our view on things related to money and more. So if you think this is a traditional money podcast, oh, I think you might be in for a little surprise. I'm Matthew Grishman. And Jim Gebhardt. And we're here to talk money in a way you've never imagined money can be talked about. So let's go. Did you hear about the new big grand reopening? Oh, where's that? Up here. I'm glad you're here today. I'm thrilled to be here today in studio. Yeah, we've got this huge grand reopening. Nice. Which, which I saw has, the balloons. Uh-huh. It's totally distracted me from what we were going to do this month. Being that it's April and it's tax season and there's all sorts of surprises going on with refunds and taxes owed and all that kind of stuff, it would make some sense to talk about... Roth IRAs. Absolutely. And whether or not to convert to a Roth IRA and all the logistics and ins and outs that happen with that. But I got distracted. By the grand reopening? By the grand reopening. Nice. Yes. Can we get a drum roll? America is reopening. That's the grand reopening. At least I'm seeing it around here. It seems like it feels like we're getting over some kind of hump where where America's opening up again. It's the orange hump. Yeah. But, it but, all have, have you not noticed this by this point in our relationship? What? That it all comes back to orange. Of course it comes back to orange. So in this With case, a little blue. Financial sobriety is orange. Our podcast favorite color is orange. Syracuse University basketball and football and sports is orange. Oh, the God. Giants are again. orange. Our Jeep is orange. The Giants are orange. The Mets have orange. And the blue. Mets got their orange from the Giants. It's all about orange. Yes. And going to code orange, color orange. Tear. 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 Tear orange. On our way to tear yellow and hopefully on our way to tear white and hopefully a whole new normal is arriving. With that said, America's grand reopening also seems to have this rubber band effect starting to happen that you and I are talking about. People are starting to spend money again. And because we've been so locked down and not able to spend money, I know for me personally, I am a lifelong spendaholic. I will never be cured of my disease of spendaholism. It will always be a part of me. However, I can treat it every day. And one of the ways that I treat my spendaholic tendencies is by coming in here and having conversations with you about the tools we've learned on how to deal with that daily affliction called spendaholism. Yeah. Amazon's got an awesome app for that. I mean, you can get on there and you can get whatever crap you want in like 22 minutes. Absolutely. I'm doing such a better job with that. It's important, I think, for us to have some conversation that brings back one of our earlier episodes. We talked back, I don't know, last February, on this concept of getting to the top of the mountain and using a tool that we call the Clarity Compass, which helps someone get very, very clear on the things that are absolutely most essential to them in life for the purpose of being very intentional with our finances. If getting to the top of the mountain, getting up above the rigors of daily life, 
to be able to identify what these things are and then use that clarity compass tool as the filter with which we make financial decisions, then all of a sudden now, we're not wasting money on meaningless purchases that barely satisfy us for a day. I thought it would be important, given that America's waking up again and this grand reopening is happening, that we bring some of those concepts back and bring a very, very special guest in studio to talk about it. Mrs. Beth Gebhardt. Thank you. Something Jim and I had talked about a while ago was we have developed this really lovely addition to our financial planning process, the whole wealth formation experience with this idea of a clarity compass. I mean, this was this was something you informally took me through 15 years ago, but... When I neither had clarity nor a compass. Correct. Yeah. And it's something that just hit us at one point, that it would be good to be able to document this stuff, but yet we had never done it with each other. Well, of course not. I mean, the, the cobbler's son has no shoes. Correct. So why, why would we go through... Our own process. <laughs> exactly. And I still... I mean, we've threatened for a very long time for Beth and I to go through it and for yeah. you and Amy to go through it and all the members of our team and their important loved ones to go through it. Yeah. And shame on us, but if the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, the next best time was December of 1963. <laughs> Absolutely. Or December of 2019 or 2020 or 2021. What we want to talk about today is going back to that clarity compass that we talked about in episode five. And the reason we have both of you here today is because we recently went through that together with you two. And I thought you would both make fantastic guests just sharing a little bit of your experience going through the clarity compass process together, just to kind of refresh a little bit and reframe a little bit. The idea of a clarity compass going to the top of the mountain with America's grand reopening happening, you and I have talked about this idea of a rubber band, of a snapback of spending. For the last year, most people we talk to, including everybody in this room here today, has done a much better job of saving than spending because there's been nothing really— opportunity. Yeah, nothing to spend on. Uh, unless you're an old shopaholic like me and swiping on Amazon all day. But right. we've dealt with that for me, thankfully. So more people we talk about, there's vacations that were canceled, gatherings with friends that have been canceled, experiences, concerts, ball <clears throat> games, all sorts of stuff that costs lots of money that hasn't been spent in the last year. And this idea of a rubber band with these restrictions starting to lift, more and more people are getting on airplanes, going to expensive places— making purchases, doing things, and it makes sense for us to come back to this idea of clarity compass. As we start spending money again, I know for me, it could be very easy to fall back into some old dangerous behaviors of how I spent my money in the past. Yep. And I'm going to expand this beyond money. I'm going to expand this to general lifestyle, general stressors, general way of living pre-COVID. I think it's fair to say the level of craziness bordering on insanity that most people were dealing with in terms of whether it be commuting, whether it be trying to juggle a very overscheduled life, whether yes. you have children or no children, saying yes to everything under the sun because of some internal pressure that we couldn't really articulate or identify as to why we were saying yes, because we were driving ourselves crazy. We witnessed this with many clients, many friends, many family, right? I would like to, in the spirit of the Clarity Compass, expand the conversation. Certainly, we can talk about 
money. Yeah. But then also going back to one of our other favorite modules, the whole concept of saying no more. To your point, is money the only financial resource that we have? Because this is really about being intentional more than just with your money, but with your entire financial world and how it touches your life. Well, and I would argue that one of the biggest resources we have is our time. Bingo. And so it's, I mean, I personally think it's time and money. As I've always felt, those are, at least they're my biggest resources. I can totally see in the future, beyond the board game, but I can see a whole category in jeopardy. Uh, I'll take financial sobriety, Alex. <laughs> God bless Alex. God rest his soul. All right. Uh, I'll take Al- I'll take uh, financial sobriety for two hundred, please. Well, Aaron Rodgers will host that episode for us. Right. Yeah. Well, we got to get to Congress first, and we've got to get that legislation changed. Let's start with a board game. Oh, you want to go to Jeopardy first? <laughs> no, that's a TV show. Oh, you want to sure do it they as a have board a board game. game? Okay. All right. I don't know. We I'm, could just, cre- I'm just saying there's there there are a lot of components to financial sobriety. We could and, create the financial sobriety board game like Candyland. And for Whee! every time for every time you have a spendaholic moment like I used to have, whoop, you slide right back down you to the first box. the 2015, box. what do you call it? The Set 2015 back. relapse? Re, the, the 2015 relapse slide. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's good. Which I know this is not on topic, but our 14-year-old son, Jack, and I, and Beth, had a very interesting conversation about debt. I know a lot of people at the dinner table talk about things like gross domestic product, <laughs> inflation, <laughs> stimulus spending. Every night. The Federal Reserve. That, for me, is like the lozenge <laughs> of dinner. So in that category, on Jeopardy, one of the obvious pieces to that is also going to be debt. So I, I realize how playful I'm being. But Yes, absolutely. There are many aspects of our financial resources that expand beyond money. And time is one of them. And that's I'm glad you brought that up because I think that needs to be part of the conversation. I was on a phone call with our good friend Scott. He's an advisor in Reno. I'm going to Reno next week, next week, week after, next yeah, week. to spend some time. And I asked him, hey, we're, we're going out to dinner with a client. Our favorite restaurant in Reno is a place called Johnny's. We've got a reservation. Free Never tip. been there. Free oh, tip. Never oh, taken tip. me there. It's fantastic. You've got, I haven't been there yet. Have I said that enough? You've got to pre-order the fried mozzarella. Why? Because they run out of it? What do you Oh, pre-order? yeah. Can we order there. it now and like drive up there after the show? It won't be ready. You need like a week. Okay. So we've already pre-ordered it for dinner next oh, Wednesday night. I know you have. Yeah, we absolutely have. Fried mozzarella? It's a fried cheese thing that's not like mozzarella sticks you get at Buffalo at Wild Wings. Yeah. No, it's a little different. Do they have fried Twinkies too? They might for dessert. Maybe it's uh, fried biscotti, though. Those, oh, yeah. those are not yeah. pre-ordered, I assure you. No, no, no. Those are those are prepared that day. I was inviting Scott to dinner, and he said, oh, no, no, no. I, I would love to come, but I can't. It's a Wednesday night. Oh, do tell. You what's, don't eat dinner on Wednesday night? What, what's on a Wednesday night? Well, now that sports are back in session for the kids, I've got both of my kids playing three sports, and I coach the flag football team. So my wife and I are going to be going through the divide and conquer afternoon where she's with one kid going from sport to sport to sport and then coming to pick up the flag football kid to get to the other sport. And that immediately brought me right back to 2019. Hol- holy crap time and how we're saying yes to everything. Now, in fairness, wasn't part of the conversation. Don't know all the subtext conversations. That could now be, in the, in the concept of the Clarity Compass, 
that could now be a top priority for them. Yes. Let us hope for our friend's sake that those decisions are being made intentionally. I'm going to assume they were because his reaction to the dinner invitation wasn't, oh, man, I'd love to go, but I got to go do this, this, and this. Right. It was much more of a, nope, not on Wednesday nights. That's the coaching night. That's running the kids around. So I would imagine there was some intentionality to that decision that he made, despite not going through the Clarity Compass with us yet. He is someone on the list that we will take it through. But I think that has to be part of the conversation. Our daughter, Grace, is a senior in high school, and she's a sporty kid, so she's been playing lacrosse and basketball all the way through high school. They are having a season. Their lacrosse season's wrapping up. Basketball is... Shortened. This is not shortened, shortened. yes. And it's all been condensed. Yeah. No playoffs, all this. Basketball has now started. So Hmm. she has an overlap with lacrosse and basketball. Monday night was the first basketball game. It was a scrimmage against the Crosstown Rivals. And we both looked at one another like, oh... this is going to be really bad basketball. However, the intention behind it was we wanted to support our daughter and the team. First basketball game they played since February of a year ago. And it was a very intentional decision on our part to spend the time. Number one, it was a little mini date for us and got to watch her play basketball because she's only got 10 or 12 high school basketball games left. And then pfft, that's it. So this sounds like a pretty intentional decision for the two of you. It was. Yes. So let's do this. I I would like to spend some time now, take the uh, co-host hats off and put the guest hats on. Because taking you both through the Clarity Compass, I want to go back and rehash the Clarity Compass conversation because, and especially you, Beth, I've known you for a long time now. And in the last few months, you've made some fairly profound changes in your life. And I don't know how much of that relates to the work we did with the Clarity Compass, but I'd like to spend some time hearing from the both of you about that experience. So let's start with that. Let's, and I've got, I've got an agenda of some questions that I'd like to ask you. Really? Right? All, you, the agenda? All up here. Can you believe that? I'm sitting down. Good thing. Oh, here. It's right here, everybody, so you can see it. There it is. <laughs> we have some questions I'd like to go through, and, and much like we did when we talked with Melissa in the last couple of episodes, and we talked with Margaret before that, how this Clarity Compass has had impact on these three complicated, not so simple, but very important relationships we have with money, with people, and with our individual selves. That's the framework of how I'd like to talk about this with you both today. So let's just start from 30,000 feet and give me some, give us, everybody sitting here today, we have just a nice little quiet, intimate conversation amongst four people. That you know of. That you know uh, of. Yeah, exactly. Tell me how that experience was for you, Beth, and what you came away from with it. The Clarity Compass, first of all, I've been hearing about the Clarity Compass for a long time because you guys have been, obviously, it's been part of your practice with clients. So I was excited as we got rolling on it. I think one of the hardest things to do because there's, as you've, you know, I think, talked about on other podcasts and referencing the Clarity Compass, there's a lot of different values that are, what's it? It's a deck of 50, right? 50 different values. And a lot of them are important to me. So it was challenging to narrow it down. And almost like I didn't want to let those other things go, like, for example, freedom. Freedom didn't end up being one of my top four. But it was important um, to you, right? But it was important to me. Yeah. And it still is important to me. 
yeah, so it was it was more challenging than I thought it was going to be to kind of narrow it down. But by the same token, things that there were values that I kind of incorporated into the ones that I chose. So, for example, one of my top four was connection. And one of my top four was not family. And that was kind of a hard choice for me. But I, I kind of put it in context of family is a subset of connection. So connection is also with community, with friends. It's a, a bigger value than, I don't want to say just family, not to think of family as just something smaller. So so it was easier for me to kind of work through it and uh, and think through it in terms of I'm not families, I'm not saying family's not important to me, but it's part of my connection value that I'm choosing as one of my top four. Yeah, the the core the core value is your connection to people. And inclusive in that are the people you live with, the people you're closest to, your family in San Diego, friends you've made in Lafayette. I mean, that all makes up this concept of connection, which is really, really essential to you. And I think that, tell me how that part of the exercise felt to you, because if you haven't been through the Clarity Compass exercise, uh, you can go to freeplugforamazon.com. You can go onto Amazon and you can buy these cards. They're, they're... Our cards aren't ready yet. That's why you can go to Amazon. Yeah, we, we haven't created our own <clears throat> in-house cards yet. We the just... board game and the cards are a little backed <laughs> up on a shipping <laughs> vessel somewhere in the Mediterranean. Well, yeah, they're, well, no, they're, they're somewhere stuck in the Suez, but they're being developed in Asia and they'll get here one day. But you, could, I mean, if you just go on to Amazon.com and type in the search bar value cards, this deck of cards will pop up. I think it's about 30 bucks to buy the cards. And so the way we did this with you and with Jim is I handed you the deck of cards, and I suggested that you go through the cards and look at everything and determine which is important and which is not important. Do you remember right. how many cards you found to be important versus not important? I'm going to guess I, I – no, I don't. You probably do, but I, I maybe I had four that – or 40 that were important and yeah. 10 that were not. Yeah, something, exactly. Something like that. And that's what most people we find in that exercise is all, all of these concepts are important concepts, but what we're trying to do is narrow it down to the three or four that are most essential. So we went through that first round, and then honoring the fact that something like freedom is important to you, now we've got to look at of these 40 cards that remain that are – important to you, how many are actually a priority? How many are something you are actually intentionally focused on on a daily basis? And and you did a good job of narrowing that list down even further, still honoring what was important, but not necessarily a priority today. Well, and that's the other thing. I think when you're going through this process that, and Jim, Jim and I talked a little bit about this because I get caught up in well, okay, it's important to me now, or it's a priority to me now, but maybe in 10 years, it's not going to be. Or if I think back to, you know, when I was in my 30s, what was a priority to me in my 30s is not necessarily a priority to me now. And so having, so for me, for someone who is kind of a, I don't even know what the word is. I'm a planner, but I don't think this is really a planning thing. It's thinking of this in terms of for a five-year time frame. And not getting wound up in what is important to me in my life because things change. And so for me, it was easier to think of it. And, okay, for the next five years, this is kind of – these are my top four priorities. So what I heard you say is being a planner, you can often get way out into the future. Yes. And where this was helpful to go from what's important to what's a priority is it really forced you to be in the moment. 
and really take a look at your life now and what's a priority now. Right. Which, little secret, that's the point of that exercise. I don't know a human being that doesn't spend a lot of time in yesterday and a lot of time in tomorrow, which takes us out of today. And part of being intentional with our money is about getting very present. It's why we do the gratitude exercise before every meeting. We sit down with clients, and we have a very simple expression of gratitude. What's everybody grateful for today? By the way, why don't you guys do that in the podcast at the beginning of every podcast? Because this isn't a meeting. It's a podcast. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Excellent point. I'm grateful my wife is in the studio, and I get to see my good friend Jeff, who I haven't seen in forever. And I I see you all the time, but it's always lovely to see you. But I'm a a guest, so I can't say that. What are you grateful for today, Beth? (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. What are you grateful for today? You know, I am grateful for all of the frontline workers and scientists and biotech companies and all of the big brain people that have helped us get to a point where we are, people are getting vaccinated and I'm hopeful that that's a good thing. And I got my first vaccine shot yesterday and that we are getting to a potential reopening. Nice. Awesome. Hey, Jeff, what do you, I know you're not on mic, but, and you never are on mic, but uh, you know, how many radio shows do we hear the producers chime in? Come on. What are you grateful for today? Well, as I was sharing with you guys, as you came in the door, we were in Seattle the last five days visiting for the first time, our six month old twin granddaughters. Nice. And just so thankful and grateful that we've had the ability and the opportunity to finally do it in this craziness. Because they are how old? Six months? Six months now. Six months, yeah. So they were born during, yeah. They were born in August. Wow. So they're COVID babies. In lockdown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It was. I am grateful for Blue Sky. I am not an overly religious fellow, but I have found a great deal of spirituality by just going outside and looking up, especially when my head starts getting way, way out in the future or too far in the past, wondering what's going to happen. What if, what if, what if I have, uh, I have been blursed. Thank you. uh, Thank you, Melissa, for my favorite new word. I have been blursed with a fine pause. Sorry. Uh, blessed and cursed. Thank you. I have been blursed with a, uh, a chronic severe anxiety disorder. And the negative side of that can often get my head worrying about the future. So I am so grateful that we live in a place that I can look up at the sky and see this beautiful blue and recognize that there is something so much bigger than me out there going on. I don't get it. I don't understand it. But I just get this feeling of calm and peace. And it brings me back to what's a priority and what's essential and what's right in front of my face. And to be able to sit out in the parking lot before we come in here today and be able to look up at the sky and just feel okay. Whatever worry I have about tomorrow seems to just kind of melt away when I do that. So it's been a very, very powerful tool and uh, it makes me feel a lot closer to everything and everyone that's out there and all of the divisiveness that's in our world kind of goes away and we're all just people and we're all the same. So that's what I'm grateful for sure. today. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> so let's get back to the Clarity Compass. Tell me more. Tell me more about that experience of going from what's important to what's a priority to then getting it down to what's essential. How'd you do that? 
you know what? It could have taken like five hours for me to do it. Which it's taken people to do that. Glenn and Joyce, five and a half hours in their backyard going through these cards to get those four core values. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that I guess that's a good point. It could, it's it's everybody's, you know, everybody um, everybody has their own time frame. But I was just like, I just got to I just got to get this going. So so I guess it was kind of intuition in a, in a sense or, or my immediate reaction to as I looked at, you know, the card and what it you know, what the what the value was and just trying to go with my immediate reaction to that to narrow it down because you went what from 50 to 25 and then we went from oh no 50 to about 40 40 and then you got it you down took, to about 20 yeah you were kind with me you didn't you, you went we went in we went in waves we went in waves well and then um, we had to get to from the the priority cards to what is absolutely essential of all these things that are right in front of your face that are priorities we know a bunch of these are important what is actually essential to Beth's survival what is essential to Jim's survival. I can't live without these. Right. What what were those four for you? Health, gratitude, wealth, and connection. Those are my four. And actually, I have to say, it was of the four, the one that made me feel the most uneasy almost was choosing wealth Hmm. as one of my top four. Because sometimes I feel like wealth is... That wealth is not, you shouldn't want to have wealth. Some of the feelings around people who were wealthy and what I think really as you, as I look back was probably a lot of envy on, on my family's part. Sure. So I got some kind of hangups, I guess I got to say, about choosing wealth as one of my top four. But you know what? I'm sticking with it. You chose it. Greed is good. Oh, yeah. Right. Go. One of my favorite, probably one of my top five all-time favorite movie lines ever. And the way Michael Douglas delivered it in, the, in Wall Street was incredible. But I think if I may just add, I'm not going to try to put Please words do. in your mouth, that some of that oogie feeling around <laughs> wealth has to do with things like that, that Wealth in its context, I'm going to refer to it this way, clean, dirty. Sure. Right? Dirty wealth, eh, right? And that's all in your perception. Bernie Madoff wealth. Who died today. Yes. I saw that. That's why I'm bringing him up. And I feel bad that he died today because he should have lived to 175,000 years old and been cursed with what he did. Or given the opportunity to make amends for what he did. Sure. Sure. That too. Yeah. God bless you for being yeah, I uh, try. on the higher scale. Yeah. Uh, well, I wanted him to suffer. Welcome to financial sobriety, my friend. You're right. in the right place. We, <laughs> we will take that, that hatred out of your heart if you continue to hang out with us longer, I promise. Sure. Good, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> that context, I mean, greed is good, has always been perceived as a bad thing. I, too, share a very similar upbringing where most of the wealthy people that were in our community, and this is my phraseology for it, not my parents, there was an asterisk. Hmm. They lied, cheated, stealed, finagled, scoundrel, dirty, rotten, whatever. That's how they got there. They didn't do it the clean way. They didn't do it the honorable way. They didn't do it the You're high road that's way. that's what you assumed. 
That, oh, abso- that, oh, absolutely. Right. That 100% did, this right. is all assumption. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Hence the asterisk. Hence the asterisk. Right. But, but uh, we've talked. Kind of, can we talk about how you pronounce that? Asterisk? Asterisk. Yeah. Asterisk. I'm getting the nod from asterisk. asterisk. I'm, not a, I'm not a phonetic you're not a, you're speller. Not, you're not a English a UC, major. A UC Berkeley. Irregardless. I was not an English major. No, I Kevin was, was an English major. major. You keep mentioning Kevin. You really li- like that Kevin, Kevin. You know guy. what? Kevin, he's one of our best friends who our... listens to every one of our episodes, he and he's an dedicated... English major yes. who is very precise. Well, irregardless of how precise Stop. he is. We know we irregardless go. is not a word. That's not a word. It is on Words with Friends. Oh. So that means it's a oh, word. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Oh, how about it? Yeah. So is uh, XIQI. ZA. I mean, there's all sorts of ways to score points on words with friends. Oh, okay. So. I need a session with you on that because I've been. St- I started to do that with the boys. Oh, I'm, I'm with. I, did, I think I did with Grace too. It's I'm part a of my champion connection. point getter. I, I don't have a vocabulary. It is but part I'm of a connection. Get getter. Yes, it is part of connection. That's, so that feeling, I think, when you put wealth down, and obviously punt this back to me, but I think it had something to do with that oogie feeling, like I'm not supposed to. I'm right. not supposed to want wealth. wealth in the context of money. Yes. Because growing up, and I'll just speak for myself, but perhaps this will resonate with the both of you, I always found myself looking at wealthy people and comparing how I felt yes. on the inside to what I saw in yes. them on the outside. Yes. Ding, which, ding, 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 which ding, is ding, a ding, very yes. unbelievably unfair judgment because yes. you and I have said right here in this studio, we can introduce you to a ton of really rich, wealthy, miserable people. But on the outside, they look great because right. they've got a nice car and a nice house and nice jewelry. And, right. you know, they're all made up and the this and the that. But inside, they are suffering miserably. Well, and we've right. also talked about what price did they pay to get it. Quite possibly, well, they sacrificed their health to create their wealth. And as you know, they're now facing the idea of using all of that wealth to save their health. One of my favorite books of all time. We will plug once again The Majesty of Calmness. Not available on Amazon because the book was written in 1896. <laughs> ah, I'm not joking. The book was written in 1896. So you can get it at Barnes & Noble. William, <laughs> William Jordan, the timeliness of it has not changed in 100 and whatever that is, 25 years. It was a very sexist book in the context of its referencing men all the time. But too often people will spend their life, spend their health to acquire their wealth only to get to the point in life where they're now going to reverse it and now spend their wealth to reacquire their health. The author, by the way, thank you, uh, Ace, was William George Jordan. Hmm. And Never trust a man with three first names. He was a writer for the Saturday Evening Post wow. back in the day. Little, that's your little history oh, lesson wow. for today. Wow. Very nice. We're talking with words with friends. So I, I've got a follow-up question yep. on your four values. Yep. In terms of your relationship with money, mm-hmm with business, with success, that whole world of money and wealth. You were concerned about putting wealth down because of how you were raised. Broaden the conversation to all four of these that you've mentioned to us and talk about how these words and concepts, because I think anybody who's sitting here, I mean, the four of us can all have our own definition of what these words mean. The key to this exercise is what do they mean to you? How do they show up in your life as it relates to finance? Right. So if we just start with or just with the wealth, part of what we talked about when we went through the Clarity Compass was, and me choosing wealth as one of them, was that 
wealth for me is freedom. And it's freedom to make choices for what is important to, I guess what's important to me, but a lot of when I'm, when I'm thinking about these things, I think of it in context of what's important to us and our family. And I, you know, obviously don't want to speak for Jim, but I think one of the things, you know, that we've talked about is the freedom to, at certain age, let's say 60, to be able to say, you know what, we have enough money to be able to stop making money. And it goes back to your paycheck versus playcheck concepts. And you go from have to mode to want to mode if you're choosing to still work at that point. Yes. Yes, exactly. And my guess is we will still choose to work because, well, actually, let me just say this. Jim has to work because if Jim doesn't work. He's in your business. He, yeah. Or on the golf course too much. Yeah, he will not. This is going to be very revealing. You know, they talk about the big reveal. Yeah. I think I'm going to learn something here. Uh Uh-huh. Well, you can, I mean, you've said to yourself, you don't even know if you could play golf every day. No, I can't. Right. So you need something to do. You need a you need something to be involved in and and maybe that, you know, Ace it's, it's philanthropy and I are going to travel the and... country looking for cars we can rehab and That's flip true. with podcast microphones cuz yeah, you got to record the whole experience. Oh, we're going to call it I don't know what, but we're going to call it something fun, like the pickers that go around in the oh, yeah, in the gosh. barns and What's cool about, I mean, we're we're saying this somewhat tongue in cheek, but what you're talking about with Clarity Compass is where we start developing these ideas of what want-to life looks like. So wealth for you is freedom that allows you to get from a point of have-to to want-to, which then opens up the opportunity to start dreaming about, well, could I really play golf every day? No, nah, not really. I'd rather travel with Ace around the world looking for cars in our plaid shirts, right? Right. What does that mean for you? What is, what is going from have-to to want-to look like for Beth? Have you thought about that yet? No. Okay. I don't think so. That's your homework assignment. That's the next homework assignment on Clarity Compass is to take that one. Where is wealth? That's on your east. Mm -hmm. Yes, we got north, south, east, west. So wealth is on your east side of your compass. So how that shows up in your life is freedom. What you're going to do in the next 24 hours is, well, I hope you do this. It's a suggestion. It's not a, you have to, is start thinking about what does that look like? I'm so grateful that you joined us here today for this conversation with Beth and Jim, and I'm especially grateful to Beth for coming into studio today and having this incredibly open conversation, getting completely vulnerable with all of us about her experience with the Clarity Compass and how that's helped her be so much more intentional with money and how it's connected to the things that matter most to both Beth and Jim. In two weeks, we're going to have the second part of the conversation. The conversation is going to continue. I can't wait. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. And check out our website, yourfinancialsobriety.com. Thanks again for listening today. Here to help you find more clarity, confidence, and capability along your journey into financial sobriety. I'm Matthew Grishman. And I'm Jim Gebhardt. Be intentional with your money. Jim Gebhardt is a registered representative of and securities offered through Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, member SIPC. Jim Gebhardt and Matthew Grishman are investment advisor representatives of Gebhardt Group Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Brokers International Financial Services, LLC, and Gebhardt Group Incorporated are not affiliated. The opinions in this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or investment recommendations. To determine which investments 
or financial advice may be appropriate for you, consult a financial advisor prior to investing. Any reference to market performance is based on historical information and there is no expressed or implied guarantee of future performance. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers International Financial Services, LLC. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Gebhardt Group Incorporated does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance.